Hey, I'm Pastor Steve Holt. I want to empower you today to walk in your true identity as a worshiper and warrior. Today, embrace the power of God's Word and the Holy Spirit. Welcome to the Born for War podcast. All right, so today we're going to talk about identity. And so really Romans, you guys, Romans is the, is the revival book. Romans is, is practical theology 101, 201, and 301. You, you, could, you could do a lot worse than knowing Romans inside and out. That is the New Testament book that sets the pace for all other books. I mean, really, Galatians, for example, the book of Galatians is a Cliff's Notes of Romans. In other words, the stuff that you're reading as we go through Romans verse by verse is catalytic for all other theology in the Bible. And so what we've talked about in in chapters 3 through 5 is our justification in Christ. The fact that we no longer have sin reigning in our bodies positionally. But now, from chapter 6 till the end of the book, the two-thirds left of the book is very, very practical about how you live that out. So justification, chapters 3, 4, 5. Now 6 on is about sanctification. And just so we understand our terms here, justification is just as if I've never sinned. That is that when you give your heart to Christ, you receive the righteousness of God. You don't have the righteousness. If you had the righteousness, then the law would have been good enough. But the law was given to accentuate our own unrighteousness so that we were set up by God for the righteousness of Christ that came through the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. And so we have that. But now the sanctification process is how do you live that out? How do you make that practical? It's not good enough to have the head knowledge. God wants us to have heart transformation in our life. And he's given you a new heart. And the last time I talked, which was two weeks ago, because I was in Florida last week, I told you about you've been given a new heart. We've all been given a new heart. When you're born again, you get a new heart. You get a new operating system. So I was in a discussion with Liz yesterday about this old operating system that came from her mom that used to be in my office with the screen and everything. And she said, where is it? I said, I don't know. I think, I think you have it. I think Jay Emmon might have it because we need to get some stuff off of it. But I'm not operating on that operating system. That operating system is 10 years old. Got a new operating system. Well, think how slow all your work would be if you're trying to do current data, current speed on an old operating system. Well, some of you are still operating in the old operating system. And and what Romans 6 is saying, look, this is the Emancipation Proclamation. It's a new day. Drop that, bury it, man. Bury the old operating system and resurrect this new operating. You already have it. You already own it. You already paid for it. I should, he paid for it. You got it free, but it's still our choice. That's really important. It's still our choice. It's our choice which operating system we're going to run from. So, so here's what we're talking about in Romans 6 is your identity in Christ. Your identity proactively by a choosing of our, of our mental state to live out what's already true about every one of us in this room. So look at Romans 6, and I covered some of this the last time, but pick it up at verse 6. 
Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away, that we should no longer be slaves in Christ. Your identity is not that you are in you. You are in Christ. That's going to be repeated ad nauseum for the rest of the book of Romans. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ. So if you find yourself, well, I can't do anything of what you're saying, Steve. I can't change. I've always been addicted to that. I've always never changed. That's because you're thinking in you. You're thinking about the old operating system. And the Lord is saying to you that in Christ, all things are possible. In Christ, you can move mountains. And some of you have some pretty massive mountains. And I want to say here today that when we have prayer at the end, if you've got a mountain in your life, you need to come up and get prayer. Because you're not supposed to isolate yourself and try to move mountains on your own. You need the community. We need the body of Christ. We need blood-stained allies in our life to enable us and empower us. It's true of us, but we need more of us to move mountains in our life. And so he's saying, look, you are no longer a slave to sin. You have a new identity in Christ. Well, how does all this work? I love what Evan Hopkins says about this. It's really good. So listen to this. The trouble of the believer who knows Christ as his justification is not sin as to its guilt, but sin as to its ruling power. In other words, it is not from sin as a load or an offense that needs to be freed, for he sees that God has completely acquitted him from the charge and the penalty of sin, but it is from sin as your master. To know God's way of deliverance from sin as a master, he must apprehend the truth contained in the sixth chapter of Romans. There we see that what God has done, not with our sins, that question the apostle dealt with in the preceding chapters, that was three, four, and five, but with ourselves, with us, the agents and slaves of sin. He has put our old man, our original self, original operating system, where he put our sins, and that is on the cross of Christ. So Romans 6 is the emancipation proclamation, but it is a fight man it is a battle when the soldiers hit the beaches in 1945 at Normandy more men died from that point to VE day because even though the back of the Nazis had been broken you still had to fight for the ground that was already yours when, when Abraham Lincoln made his proclamation, the Emancipation Proclamation, in 1863, the next two years were the bloodiest of the Civil War because that old system, that old way fights back. And those men and women, though they were free positionally, were not free experientially yet because we still had to fight that war. So we are in a war. And that war begins with men and women who know their identity in Christ. Knowing that you've been crucified with Christ. Know that you're not a slave anymore. Say, I'm not a slave. slave. Say, I am free. I I have a new heart. The old heart is dead. 
The new heart is alive. That's who we are. We're not just crucified on the cross and staying there. We're raised from the dead through this work of Christ in our life. So here's my thesis. My thesis is this. Unless the fierce, passionate desire for intimacy with Jesus is greater and deeper than the fierce, lustful desires of the flesh, you will live a half-hearted existence. So we can talk to the cows come home about all the sin and all these issues about sin. But that's not what he wants us to focus on. He wants us to not focus on the inward, but on the outward of what Christ has done through us and through what he's done in us, men and women, to work through us is that you are free now. You are walking in the freedom that we have in Christ. That's the Emancipation Proclamation. You could put, you could put Romans 6... And Galatians 5, side by side. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Because what Galatians is, is a Cliff's Notes of Romans. So this is, this is about emancipation practically. Now listen to what I'm going to say next. It's really important. you got to quit listening to yourself. you got to quit listening to yourself. And I know what you did this morning. Because... I'm, I'm up here. I'm a professional Christian. Okay, I get paid to be a Christian, okay? Um, and I listened to myself this morning. I could tell you what I thought about, man. This is, this is hard work, man. But here's what you do. You wake up in the morning. Oh, man, I heard a noise in that engine yesterday. Oh, man, I got to do that presentation on Monday with, with uh, my director. He's not going to like it. I know it. Man, you haven't even gotten your feet on the flipping carpet yet and you're already just down in the dumps that's because you listen to yourself too much i want to say today let's let's start learning and growing and preaching to ourselves preaching i'm in christ that presentation is going to go great god's going to take care of my car i'll take it in it'll get worked out and because when you start thinking that way solutions come a whole lot faster Because you're lining your mind up with the mind of Christ. You know that the mind of Christ is thinking about you? There's a pipeline to you that if you'll pray and if you'll preach to yourself, he'll start giving you divine downloads. He he will speak to you in visions, dreams, the word. He'll speak to you, but you got to preach to yourself. And so here's the deal. The deal is, is that Romans is about having such a fierce passionate desire for Jesus which is greater has to be greater than a fierce passionate lustful desire for the flesh that's the wholehearted life so instead of focusing on how we're missing it we're missing it we're missing it rather focus on God stir me up God I need an awakening we're talking about America I need an awakening we're talking about the government in Washington the government in my heart needs some work And so I'm asking you, God, to come and increase your government in my heart. I'm a citizen of the kingdom. I'm a king and a priest. Revelation 1.5, Revelation 5.10. We are a kingdom of kings and priests. We're not slaves anymore. You're not a slave anymore. You are a king and a priest, and you have victory, and you're alive in Christ. Right? Amen? So look at now. Verse 7. He who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died for sin once and for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. See what he's doing? This is, this is, 
This is genius, man. I guess because it's, it's God's word. But it's genius way of thinking. He's saying, look, I know that if you sit there and you think about your life being free from sin, you'll think about all the sin that you're not free from. So don't think about that. What I want you to think about is what, what Jesus did at the cross. Because nobody can debate that. It's past tense, man. Okay, it's history. He died on the cross for the sins of the world, and he was raised up on the third day. He's saying, look, quit focusing on yourself. Focus on the cross, and then identify with that. So, so you may be all messed up, and some of you are. I mean, some of you really messed up. I mean, Satan, dominions and powers have been ruling in your life for a long time. You know what that is? That's a demon's. That doesn't mean you're demon-possessed. I'm not saying you're demon-possessed. I actually don't believe that a Christian can be demon-possessed. But you're demon-influenced because even Jesus acknowledged that the ruler of this age is ruling over the world today. So he came with a kingdom, an ever-increasing kingdom, that would continue to enlarge. And it is. And you can focus on, you know, Islam's growing. Islam is growing. Any place where the kingdom of God is growing, Satan is on the loose. He's ticked. You start doing what we're talking about here, it's going to be warfare, man. It's going to be a battle. So he's saying, look, right now I want you to understand what happened at the cross. And I love, man, I love Colossians 2. I love Colossians 2. Jot that down, Colossians 2, 13 through 15. Write down Colossians 2, 13 through 15. Let me read it to you. And you being dead in your trespasses, he has made a lie together with him, having forgiven you all your sins, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against you, which was contrary to you. He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So it's this idea of a victorious, a victorious chieftain, a victorious general coming into town with all trailing or all the captives of the enemy that they've conquered. That when we start to preach to ourselves, it releases the power of principalities and powers and dominions over us. So that's why in some case we need to say, devil, get out of my life. No, I'm not addicted to porn. I speak to that spirit of pornography in the name of Jesus, and I tell you to leave. You have authority to do that. You got to preach to yourself, man. You got to take authority. You got to believe it. And it's a mental thing. It's a mental thing. But you, I like what John Wesley said preach it till you believe it. Preach it till you believe it. You may not believe it. I don't, I'm, I'm like, well, just keep preaching it. And make, if you're married, make your spouse worried about you. I think he's losing his mind. He's always, he's always talking to himself. And then when she says that to you, or he says that to you, you say, no, I'm preaching to myself. I'm not talking to myself. I'm preaching to myself. Because if she can hear it or he can hear it, you know the devil can hear it. And he does not want you to believe the authority that you have in Christ. And that is the reality, folks, that you have that authority and you have that power. We all have that. In Christ. That's good news. Right? Verse 11. Likewise, you also reckon. Now circle reckon. 
If you're a circler or a writer in your Bible, I want you to circle reckon, and I want you to write above it, renew my mind. Renew my mind. I need to renew my mind. I need to reckon myself dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So you have to renew your mind. It starts in your mind with you believing that you're alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now what I did is under reckon, I circled that, and then I drew an arrow down to verse 13, present. You see the word present. I'm in the New King James Version, so maybe a little different in your Bible. You see present, and I've put, I've put an arrow down, a circle present to that, because that's what it says. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey its lust. Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God, for sin shall not, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. He's saying, look, you, you've got to renew your mind. You've got to reckon yourself dead to sin, but alive to God. But then the action, the action is that you then present your members as instruments not of unrighteousness, but righteousness. So it starts in the mind. You have the mind of Christ. He downloads information to you, which he's doing right now for us. That's the reason we come to church. That's why we're here is to, is to get revelation from God that you can renew your mind. I promise you, church... You show me any man or woman of God that has, has years of victory in their life, they'll tell you, I have to constantly renew my mind. I have to constantly, re- I have to constantly preach to myself. Because if I don't, I go, I, just, I go into bad stuff, man. That's why you've got these preachers and stuff that have had great ministries and fantastic uh, victories in their life. They quit preaching to themselves. They quit renewing their minds. And what they started doing is if you don't renew your mind to present yourself to righteousness, you will present yourself to unrighteousness. You just will. You'll become mean-spirited. You'll become angry. You'll become frustrated. And I can't tell you, I'm old enough now to tell you a lot of my friends that I used to run with. I can't run with them now. I mean, where they're at in their lives, somewhere along the way, they got tired. You can't get tired. You're not allowed to get tired. Okay? I mean, you can get tired and rest for a day, but then, man, you got to pick it up again. This is a war. Can you imagine those guys, remember in Band of Brothers, that, 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 that group, if they had gone in and said, I'm, and that was a big day, you know, hey, we hit the beaches and we made it awesome let's break out some french wine let's take it easy for a little while we'll pick it up in a few days that's the way a lot of people live the christian life no man the nazis are not done with you yet demons are not done with you yet matter of fact they're more angry than ever because you're starting to live this stuff you come to the road you got to fight and so the battle is renew your mind preach to yourself all right Good stuff, man. I'm preaching good stuff. I don't know if you understand what I'm doing, but I'm giving, you, I'm giving you some good stuff. So there you go. Verse 12, therefore do not let sin it reign. I already read that. So verse 15, what then? Shall we sin because we're not under law but under grace? Certainly not. 
Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, that's a key word, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience. Look, you're going to be a slave. Everybody here is a slave. You're either a slave under the government of the kingdom of God or you're a slave under your own self, self-identifying government. And just, just let's think logically, which one's going to work out better? So we seek first the kingdom. All these things are added to you. You seek everything that's added to you first and you don't get the kingdom. Worry. We can have victory and joy or we can have worry and anxiety. And no nation of the world is on more drugs, more antidepressants than Americans. Man, we set the record. 21 million Americans last year in major depression in their life. And I'll bet you at least half of them say they're Christians, if not more. We don't know how to live this stuff. Folks, you come to the road and we know how to live this stuff. And you represent the road when you're out there. You represent Jesus when you're out there. You represent the kingdom of God when you're out there. Get it. Get it. Because I believe that we should be the most generous, the most loving, the most bold, the most kind people in this entire city because we have an increasing government of God working over us. And that's the kingdom of God coming. Let's advance it. Let's advance it together. I love this little phrase. You know, you've heard it before. Sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. That's what Paul's saying. He says, look, you've got to renew your mind. You've got to reckon yourselves alive in Christ and then present yourself alive in Christ. Verse 17, but God be thanked That though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness. So now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. You see, you're going to be a slave of something. Let's go after God's path. It's the road less traveled. It's the way to joy. And really, it's the way to happiness. Do you realize that you are born for war? You are wired for conflict. Every one of you in this room. Men and women, you're, you're wired for conflict. Just make sure your conflict is with the right enemy. You see, what happens with old soldiers, we were, we, were, we were flying back from Florida, and we looked at our tickets, and oh no. I don't know what it is in the airline industry, that if you've got two people who get their tickets, and they got the same last name, that they have to put them as far apart from each other as possible. I, it's crazy. But anyway, in this case, they put Liz right behind me. So when I got on, I looked at stewardess, I said, That lady behind me is my wife. Her seat is right behind me. Don't give her ice. Get it? That's what she'll do. Ice. Oh! 
<laughs> All right. You're wired for conflict. Just make sure your conflict's with the right enemy. All right. But anyway, right next to her was a Navy SEAL. We found out through conversation, Navy SEAL guy. And I said, what's the hardest thing for you since you've retired from the Navy SEALs? And he said, well, I'm not, I, I don't, I, sometimes it's hard for me to know what I'm living for because it was so clear back then. I knew who the enemy was. I knew what I was supposed to do. And sometimes that's hard for me now. And I said, church, that, that's hard for all of us, right? You got to know who your enemy is. You got to know who the battle is with. Don't be surprised when it's hard. Don't be surprised when conflicts come. But put on the new self. Put on the new heart. Put on the resurrection power of Christ. Thank you for listening to the Born for War podcast. We hope today's message has empowered you to make a difference in your world. To connect with Pastor Steve's sermons, books, and blog, visit steveholtonline.org. God bless.